All right, college basketball fans, I'm your hoops-watching friend, Timmy Hall. He's your hoops-watching friend, Evil Bald Colin, and this is episode 42 of Mad About Hoops. We're tired, wired, a little exhausted, but whatever, we're really happy because it's the Monday after Selection Sunday. Colin, I've got my little ESPN.com printable bracket right in front of me. We're filling them out. I'm a little pissed off that they didn't give Arena or a Gyms right when they revealed this. I mean, it was way easier for you to do this season, but we're here, man. We made it. Yeah, I ha- I've been more paying attention. Of, I got like eight pages of notes for our player pool draft that we're actually doing tonight. Um, I've been putting more effort into that than the actual bracket itself, but it's uh, – I, I did most of my bracket reaction like right when we first got it, when you were still doing posting for the network. And uh, it's, I know we're going to dive into a little bit about Ohio State's path, but just there's some certain spots in this thing where it just kind of feels like a dead no man's land. Like you, you really don't know which way to go. And if you pick wrong, like you're going to screw, screw up your bracket like really bad. Well, just, just pretend that your bracket's already screwed up because really, your bracket is right. already screwed up. It happens every year. We try to outsmart ourselves. We, we, the college basketball podcasters, will wind up having probably a worse bracket than the people that haven't paid a whole lot of attention to it. But I'm, I'm dying like for, to know. For instance, for instance, a double-digit seeds made it to the Sweet 16, 33 of the last 35 tournaments, and I don't have a single one in yet. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. Mm. Um. I, I don't know which way I I'm going to go. I, I, I like – I wanted to do Michigan State, but I have Texas Tech going to the Final Four – or Texas going to the Final Four. Um, Ohio is interesting. I, I think I'm one of the few people on Ohio, but I'm actually kind of afraid of Creighton, even though they had a dud against Georgetown. Uh, Georgetown, if they could get through Colorado, I think should have no issue – uh, possibly pulling an upset against Florida State because they're inconsistent. Like, there's plenty of avenues to do it, but I think. But you don't have it figured out yet. I don't. No, okay. I think I will at some point. I think I might send. See, it just it's going to depend on Virginia. I think if if I find out more about Virginia as we get closer to like Thursday, um, that'll kind of make me decide my decision because I'm I'm all in on Ohio getting out of that first game, but I'm very nervous that Virginia's. Uh, going to be close to full strength by that game. All right. I want to hear more on uh, Colin's spots in the bracket to maybe take advantage of and the ones that can get really screwy. We'll do real quick hitters because I might have to Dick Vital you in this one because we're rolling at 510 in the evening on the Monday after Selection Sunday. Got a show coming up on the fan at on, on 97.1 The Fan at 6 o'clock, Buckeye Roundtable. We'll hit the Bucks and give that fantastic game a few minutes because it'll be the one that's forgotten. And maybe Ohio State's one of the more interesting teams in the NCAA tournament going into it. This is episode 42 of Mad About Hoops. <laughs> Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backboard. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He He hit it just inside of half court. Lane's on the other wing. Oh! 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 Sent it in, Jerome! Basketball. This is March Madness. 
Yeah, Tim, so as you teased it at the open there, there's a lot of spots where I think you can gain ground on a lot of the public. Uh, one of them, I think, is I'm staying in that West region where I, I stuck out with, and there's a lot of iffiness in this bracket. And what I mean by that is, you know, the top four seeds that Gonzaga's already played before, already beaten them. We got a lot of mix in the middle with Virginia and Creighton, two teams that have been kind of down towards the end of the season. One's dealing with a COVID outbreak. And Kansas is also dealing with an outbreak. I think they'll get past Eastern Washington, but are they going to get past a USC or a, a Wichita State or Drake? Like, I, I think this is a real bracket, the West region, where you can make up on a lot of the people you're in your pools with. You know, Colin, this, you know, when you get that bracket last night and we've been talking about teams, tournament potential, and we say it all year, right? And Joey Lane from the Drive the Lane podcast, who was on the, the bench gang, the towel gang for Ohio State basketball for four years. He is right. You know, you don't know crap until the bracket is released. And then you can see what the matchups are, what the gameplay is, what pace of play is for each team. For instance, I liked BYU, right? And you did too. We both liked what that team could provide coming out of the West Coast Conference. But if you look at the analytics now, I found an article today which had either UCLA or Michigan State, whichever one wins that game, as one of the easier upset picks for an 11 over a 6. I do think that's pretty... It's a pretty nice seed for BYU to get a 6. I might have them at a 7 mm -hmm. or an 8 with how I see they are skilled-wise. And then they might have been interesting there. But the ESPN Basketball Power Index has a UCLA versus BYU upset at a 41% chance. That is the biggest upset percentage in their computer system. And then you go down the list a little bit, and then you'll see Michigan State over BYU at only a 23% upset chance. Now, I don't agree with I don't, that. I, I think I, Michigan I, State— I, Honestly, if you would have yeah. told me it was flipped, if you would have told me those odds were flipped, I would have totally believed that. I think Michigan State's a better matchup for I do too. Uh, what, what BYU brings. I, I don't believe, especially when UCLA lost Chris Smith early in the season. Right. I, I, I'm not a big fan of – I mean, Hami Hawkins is a good player. He's good. Uh, they still have that Cody Riley kid. But, uh, no, I, I would consider BYU more, actually, if UCLA won the game. Chris Smith was a guy that was healthy when Ohio State had to play and beat UCLA, right. and they were trending towards – and they were in the, in the top 25 – for a chunk of this season under Mick Cronin there, who's back in the tournament, but barely. I'm with you. My point being is I'm picking I'm picking Michigan State to go past BYU. And three or I four day, three or four days ago, I thought of BYU as being a team that could make a second weekend trip. But I'm not really worried about them this much. We're going to talk about this. We'll put a marker in it, and you watch BYU will be, in fact, going to the Sweet 16. That's how this all works. But the the one one spot of mayhem for me, and then I want you to go through your other little pockets in the bracket that you were talking about in the intro. You're, mm -hmm. I'm going back to the West, where you were. I'm looking at the West region. I think I'm going to do it. I'm all in on Ohio and Jeff Bowles. I'm I all in too. on that. J Jason Preston, of course, is a sweet and sexy looking 13 seed player. If you have to pick a 13, 14, 15 or 16 in your player pool drafts that you might have coming up in the next few days. We have one tonight at 830. So we're cramming for it. And Ja'Cory as well I, I'm fully for the Gauchos. I'm, I'm, fully I'm fully expecting Preston to be gone before I even consider taking him. Like, uh, at yeah, this point, he'll go I'm, early. He'll, uh, the he'll go early. Reach. And th that's why you have the research. And especially, I mean, 
for the rare amount of people out there that are in player pools, you have to dive in and you can't be afraid of, you know, oh, well, they don't really have a high uh, upset potential. Like, am I only going to get one game out of them? Take the shot because, I mean, if, look, let's say you pick a Colgate. Uh, I forget the name of the Colgate player that's really good, but he averages about 17 points a game. They can get up and down the court. And if Arkansas is having an off day, Colgate's a team that I could see pulling the 314 matchup and really busting some brackets getting in there because I see a lot of experts trying to send Arkansas all the way to the Elite Eight. Um, and I like them. I, I Jor- Jordan Burns, by the way. Jordan Burns is the 17 a game guy. Five mm-hmm. assists, five rebounds. Really good player for the Colgate Raiders that you were just mentioning there. And I, I like Arkansas and I like Alabama. I like the the red and white teams in the SEC right there. Bama getting a two seed. But what I was saying about that spot, I'm, I'm going to have in that one area in the West, I'll put Ohio over Virginia with the unknown there. And, and again, like Virginia and West Virginia were two of my preseason Final Four picks when we were picking that. But in no way, right. after a full season of basketball happens and you see what you have now, are you going to stay with those picks if you don't have Absolutely to? Absolutely not. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to put UC Santa Barbara. I'm picking a spot for mayhem. It, I'll be so good off if it happens. I'll be in a pinch if it doesn't. But there's other spots in the mm-hmm. bracket you can make up for it. But Ja'Cory Williams and Jason Preston, one for Ohio, one for UC Santa Barbara, the Gauchos. I'm going to put him past Creighton. And this is what we were saying, too. Creighton getting beat like that in their last performance by Georgetown doesn't give you confidence. And... When you're going up against a nice, hungry mid-major team with another outstanding, playmaking, versatile guard, it can be tough. It doesn't take anything away with what I said about Zegarowski or what you think about him. It's just trends and how you're doing right now this week, and I think it's a good spot to take a chance right there. See, I love that mindset because it's the absolute type of mindset I want to fade. I, I want to put Creighton in. I, I, I think... UC yeah. Santa Barbara is turning into one of those upset picks that's getting a little too popular for me, and that's one where I think I could pick up a game or two or a Sweet 16 team if I go with a Creighton team and send them through. Um, I think when you're building brackets, you also got – obviously you want to pick who you think is going to win. Like That's obviously what's going to get you whatever prize you're winning or trying to go for, but especially when you feel confident that you – can make up serious ground with the amount of people that are flipping and going with the upset pick. I think that's definitely UC Santa Barbara over Creighton's one. I'm kind of wanting to fade because I do think Creighton, while they have struggled in some certain games, they have three quad three losses. I think with the way they want to play, especially with their guard play with Damian Jefferson um, and Marcus Zakarowski, I think they could match up well enough against a UC Santa Barbara team that doesn't really do anything extraordinary well, they're not like super great at anything they but they're should. just a decent team they should colin they're the five seed like they're yes they're the top 20 yes. basketball team this is a upset pick and i'm just making up names for the stars it's jacory mclaughlin like sarah mclaughlin the singer who <laughs> makes you sad when the animals pop up on tv but Jatori's right. a stud. He averages over 16 points per game and five assists. So that'd be the guy that's going to have to herald the show. Arsenal, those dudes, if they're going to go on. And it wouldn't even be that that level of an upset when you talk about the great. Week I actually kind of feel better about, I mean, obviously, because I'm picking Creighton on the one spot. But I, I actually, if you're asking me to compare the upsets, I prefer the Ohio one over UC Santa Barbara because I think Ohio's, Ohio's the better offensive team. They've shown it all year. They played uh illinois down to the last minute like this team's actually played competition that has shown you that they can do it consistently unfortunately for ucsb they really haven't played anybody that you could really compare that against you're really just going off of 
a whim of how are they going to perform against a power conference team. Uh, I, I don't fault anybody picking them. I, I think it's a fair 5-12 upset. You should take it, but I'm going to default with Ohio, send them through, and then probably have Creighton go to the Sweet 16. You know what I'm going to do? Uh, why don't we just reveal our final four picks for what we have here? And we are entering all of these at 971thefan.com. There will be sort of a, a station bracket where you can you know find our picks and sort of play along if you want to get in on that at 971thefan.com and and also evil great job last night thanks Same for thanks for uh, helping out with the beginning that was a lot of fun we're, we're talking about our mad about hoops bracket party hopefully the first of many hopefully we're old men and still doing that popping on our computers and having fun we had some former buckeye players we had analysts we had a ton of personalities from our station, 97.1 The Fan, talking about the Bucks, talking about the brackets, the paths, the journey. And we had Chris Holtman. It was it was ended with Chris Holtman. So that's on our social, at Matt About Hoops, at 971 The Fan. Go and find that. It was it was a really good time. And, and we night. definitely focused heavily on Ohio State and their path. And I hope, as, at least as we keep on doing these, heading up into the first weekend, I really hope we focus more on the rest of the bracket and give we it will. more of a – more of a focus. So I think people out there really want to know about these teams because they might have not have watched them at all this year. Yeah. Really kind of give them a glimpse into how they should probably look at some of these matchups. It's and it's kind of why we started this podcast because right. we're so heavy and and we will look, Ohio State's a really good team this time around too. So we kind of sure. we kind of mm -hmm. get a nice little balance and a nice little blend. And I do want to talk about the Buckeyes here to uh to end this podcast and we'll we'll keep sure. pumping this stuff out. So keep checking back, keep updating your uh, podcast feed, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pods, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are, tell your friends they want some more hoop stuff, mad about hoops, give us a little rating, give us a little review. I still see a few reviews and ratings there on Apple, and there's some very nice ones. We certainly appreciate that from you guys. But real quick, man, give me your breakdown of what the Buckeyes were able to do against mm -hmm. Illinois in the forgotten game, the Big Ten Tournament Championship. Well, I think it's kind of a lot of what I brought up to Holtman last night when we talked to him. It's just kind of how he used his rotation to fill the void of Kyle Young. You know, seeing a lot more post presence on the defensive side of the ball with Seth Towns. I think if he can provide that for you, and obviously you're not going to face a Kofi Coburn every game. And I mean, he was obviously outmatched when it came to that. He did the best that he could, but getting some more post help down in the block, if for some reason Kyle Young doesn't play in this first weekend, like that, I think that was important reps for a guy like Seth, uh, getting Zaki more opportunities, Musa who can guard almost all five positions, just like Joey Lane told us last night. Um, they, they showed me that they are improving on the defensive side of the ball, which Holtman told us last night, they played a really good defensive game over the weekend and that they, they have the guys that they can go to, especially during tournament time to focus on who can score consistently night in and night out. And Dwayne Washington's proven that for you. Uh, EJ had a, a down game in the championship game but overall yeah. he's shown that he's got it and then cj walker's providing a steady uh consistency with his offensive game cj's really good i mean mm -hmm. boy from from where the fan base was everybody jumping off getting off the train after the four game losing streak and you know we you try to as an analyst and when you're critiquing you you do have to point out the late game collapses, even against really good teams. You do have to make something out of that because that's what you're going to try to do. It's a, it's a do. big marker to indicate how you're going to do in March. Like, yeah. yeah, it's definitely something you got to keep track of. It is, but but the point for positivity was you still had a Big Ten tournament. 
You always yeah. still had a Big Ten tournament coming up, and you would get more opportunity to play great competition. And they freaked everyone out again against Minnesota, but they won it. They didn't lose. You never get upset about a win this time of year. And then they got to hold on for dear life against Purdue. A great win to pick up against that team with the way they play and how big they are and physical with Travion and Zach Eady. And then the win against Michigan was unreal, right? To play the defense up by one, another freakout game, cardiac box, and then to do it against Illinois. And my quick take on, on that one, it was, mm -hmm. you, you said something back there. I thought the Buckeyes fouled smart against Illinois. You know, they, they fouled yes. Kofi. And what are you going to do? Kofi makes those two free throws in the overtime after Underwood, who looks like baby Gene Cady, ices his own guy to look at the monitor for a flagrant. It's a common foul, as it should have been. And he makes the two free throws. And then you have the mishaps that weren't hitting you in that game yet. They had the two turnovers, and that was about the difference in the game. And I, I feel bad for EJ, too. I, I feel like I've screamed from the mountaintop about how Dwayne, everyone saw the point production that he gave. And he seems like he's changing sure. now. Like, you get to the end of a year, some guys it happens at the end of a sophomore year some guys it happens in a junior year it's happening for Dwayne right now where he is morphing into an all-around confident stone-cold killer superstar and I can't wait to see his run in March Carson Edwards-esque I was reminded of when Nolan Smith was just a regular guy at Duke and then boom last two years superstar and a national player of the year contender but Felt really bad for EJ. For him to shoot it like that and to have some of those threes, which were good, clean looks, and he's made three threes in some of these games lately. He just didn't have the lift to go three for 16 and to have that turnover. It's got to be killer for him because they get a little bit more out of their other star and they can take that game. But hey, exhausting, memorable run, and bracket-wise, with where Ohio State is as a two-seed, I see a lot of people giving them a shot here. Their odds are pretty favorable at like a 21 to one. You would want to buy on that and having to get past Virginia tech or Florida and then possibly Arkansas, the Razorbacks as the, as the three seed. I can see a rematch with Ohio state and Purdue in the elite eight. It's there. I can see it. That's fu that's funny. You say that. Cause I have that. I, I, I think I so I'll play that Purdue's going <laughs> to want to play against Baylor. Baylor's a much more guard oriented team. Purdue's a quite opposite. They want to put Trayvon Williams and Zach Keady down low. I don't see Mark Vidal's pretty much the only guy I can see for Baylor that can really, you know, go down low and battle with those guys. And they don't have a lot of front court depth. I, I think this just plays perfectly. You know, you're going to play a North Carolina team maybe or a Wisconsin team that's going to want to play the same way. And then you'll have to follow that up with a Purdue. Like, it's, I think it's the worst possible draw if you're a Baylor fan because then it kind of gives Ohio State a chance to get through. And I'll ask you real quick, at the tail end of my point here, who you think they're going to match up with, and whether it's the three or the six seed. Um, but but I, I do believe you're going to have a Big Ten Elite Eight final uh, in that bracket because now I, I want to ask the way they get there is Ohio State's got to be either, in my opinion, a Texas Tech team or an Arkansas team. I know we obviously didn't ask Coltman that because it's one game at a time mentality. Totally. But I'm kind of going back and forth on who's going to – I'm so back and forth on who's going to make it here because – Texas Tech and Arkansas are kind of built the same way. They're just centered around their single point guard, Mac McClung versus Moses Moody. I don't know which way to go. I am going chalk right there. And I, I think so too. Because I'm afraid of Utah State. 
Yeah, I, I'm. I don't have Utah State I, I'm, yeah, winning I'm, though. I don't. I'm going chalk there as well. I think Texas Tech has gone through enough of a grind in the Big Twelve and, and played and performed and outlasted right. some good competition. They've taken their licks. They've gotten a lot of good wins too. I just think that these Arkans, these Arkansas's and these Alabamas are just, you know, they're not underrated. I mean, Alabama just secured a two seed, but. Arkansas is not that far behind Alabama with what they were able to do, holding it down in the SEC this year. And you okay. mentioned Moody, who is a guy that can just take over a game. And they've got some other guys along with him. So I, I just think Ohio State, top to bottom, is better. And they've they've done it. They've shown more. They have better wins, better strength with their offense. And just, just to leave it here with the – no, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. No, I was just going to say the benefit for Ohio State is your one seed, your three seed, and your six seed are all pretty much guard-oriented. So it, it's really yeah. going to play into the style of play that Ohio State's going to want to play. They really don't have a premier big man outside of the Purdue and the four seed. I, I think Ohio State, I mean, we said it last night generically that we love their draw, but I think it's quite possibly the best possible draw Ohio State could have asked for. So what did you have for your final four? This is this. My final four mm -hmm. is going to be Ohio state. I have them going past Purdue since I had Ohio state going in. I went ahead with the Boilermakers upsetting Baylor. I went with that Illinois, Iowa and Bama. And I'm going to have Illinois over Iowa in the championship. I, I like to sprinkle my risk, you know, because I've, I, my heart is with Ohio state. So the head pick is going to go with Illinois, but I'm going to have the Buckeyes making a deep run. So I feel like I've satisfied the fandom in me in that regard. And you know, like when you talk about stealing one over the field, I've been saying for weeks now about Gonzaga not being in my final four. So you knew I wasn't going to pick them in. And they had a game against Iowa and the Hawkeyes with Luka Garza. And if they get hot with Wieskamp and Bohan and their dudes, <laughs> I, I, I make that pick. So there you go. Yeah, that that take just got the worst draw possible, unfortunately. For I you, know Gonzaga's I, uh, run is easier than they, most. They beat they beat the two, three, and four seed. I I mean, th th this is just a horrible move by the committee to give them four, three teams that they've already beaten by double digits before. Like, I I think Gonzaga is going to make it easily. Um, I, I do go very like I I go professional with my bracket. Like, I don't go with heart. I I I honestly think that Ohio State's going to get the great bargain in this draw. I do think they will make it to the Final Four. Illinois will make it from the other region. And then I have Texas coming out of Michigan's bracket. I think Texas, as hot as they are, they have the front court pieces with Kai Jones, Jericho Sims. They have a really good guard play with Andrew uh, Jones and uh, Greg Brown and Courtney Ramey and Matt Coleman. They're just such a deep team. I think what they're going to do, what they did in the Big 12 tournament will carry over. Uh, I was questionable about Alabama, but honestly, I'm just so scared of Alabama facing that UConn team in the round of 32. Like, it's just, I can't yeah. stop looking at it and flip-flopping who I'm going to pick in that. So I'm going to go with a safer pick, send Texas through. I'll have Gonzaga over Texas. Unfortunately, I'm going uh, Illinois over Ohio State, and I have the Zags over Illinois. Well, hey, I mean, it's two guys here. I, I'm doing it out of what I really truly believe Ohio state can do either. I mean, it's a two seed for God's sakes. It's not just a Homer mm -hmm. pick. If you're going to have a two going into your final four, I really believe in this team and what they did. And sure. And you know what? I'll leave you with this. We talk about Dwayne. We talk about EJ justice suing is also going to a different level right now. They talk about something up with his groin and you play that way after resting and rehabbing that this past week with 22 points in the key and one to send it to overtime. I just feel he's hitting that offensive glass with a type of mentality 
that you need, and he could do something big for this team as the as that third guy. And then C.J. Walker being a fourth guy, I just I believe right now. Justin Arns, he comes to play and has three or four threes in one of these games. Could be beautiful things. Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see how their things for the offense, at least for Ohio State, can open up even more because they're facing teams outside of the Big Ten that are not keying on certain things. How are they going to guard Justin Arns? How is it going to be in the block battling for guys like Justice Suing, uh, Kyle Young if he comes back, EJ Liddell? Like, I, I think there's different aspects of the game that we might have not had a lot of emphasis on because of the Big Ten is focused, taking it away from Ohio State as much as they have. I wonder how much of it's going to come back because Justice, Justin Arns, I mean, if you get him back to what he was in the middle of the season, I mean, that's a weapon that could quite honestly carry you all the way to the Final Four. And, hey, get this for the Big Ten. They are now – you talk about – conference strength and we talked a little bit about that with Joey Lane yesterday about how do you how do you tell if you're the best conference you just go you go and win the national championship and get that monkey off of our back but the first conference in history to have four top two seeds in a single NCAA tournament they just pulled that off with Michigan Iowa Illinois and Ohio State so here we go. We're going to be here a lot more this week, so keep checking back. Evil, good quick conversation with you, man. It's a fun time. Got a good night coming up with our It was good to pool. talk to you, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who do you think I'm picking? Yeah, I can't I wait got, to. I have uh, number three. I have the number three overall pick in a player pool draft. Do you think it's just going to be the trio of Gonzaga dudes that go? Because that's well, what I talk I'll about. Well, I'll tell you right when now. Sprink, when I sprinkling risk around, that's what I'm talking about, where I don't have them going to the final four in my bracket. I might take a run good. at a Suggs in a player pool because of that draw, if you see what I'm saying. All I'll, all I'll tell you is Kisper and uh, DeSumo are my top two, and which one's getting picked, I'm picking the other one in front of you. So um, that's Kis the goal. Kispert and DeSumo? Those are my top two. So right. if one of them's taken, I'm taking the other. There you go. So you can reveal that because it doesn't matter because it's not – you know, I pick behind him one spot. So, yeah, we will report back and let you know how our squads look. You guys should get involved in one of those, too. It's a fun deal. All right. This has been episode 42 of Mad About Hoops.